to the Redeeming Church podcast. On this podcast, one current and one former pastor talk about issues that the church is facing and how to navigate them. I'm your host, Andrew. On today's episode, we're back again. After getting busy this past month, Mike and I dive back in to culture wars within the church, the difference between conflict and disunity, and how being in Christ is just like a game of tetherball. Let's dive in. Uh, Andrew, I am living in a state where it can't determine if it's winter or spring. So uh, I feel like my feelings are going with the 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 weather. So today is sunny. So that's how I'm feeling. How are you? Yeah, it's tough, man. The other on a Sunday after church, we were invited to go to a playground with a fr- uh, some friends, and we're like, "What?" And we're like, "Oh yeah, it's like 48 out here." Yeah, for sure, we're going to a playground. And then yeah, snowstorm the other week so snowstorm coming this come this next week so it, it seems to be happening on thursdays uh which is <laughs> it's like it's like and like thursday afternoon thursdays yeah like i don't know why 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 that's the day but like the last two thursdays i've woken up and i've looked outside and i've seen like green grass and then the snow starts coming at around 8 39 a.m this is in madison i don't know when it hits you guys but uh and then by the end of the day, it's like seven inches have happened. I've had to shovel twice yeah. and, you know, I feel angry. I don't know. <laughs> the, the problem for you, and I know I know what this means for you is because, when, see, when I start seeing the green grass and warm weather, I'm like, ah, playground season with my kids, like getting outside, maybe some like slow pitch softball season coming up. You, sir, are like baseball season is about to happen mm-hmm. and then you're that thursdays is that brutal reminder you're like oh no no nope. still very much winter but on the flip side mike um in these dark days of uh no baseball uh their college baseball started this last week so oh yeah you know arkansas's number number eight so you can you can get on the arkansas bandwagon then wait you're a fan of arkansas? the next five weeks shut your mouth look at my shirt i'm wearing right now michael Oh wow! Oh, that's what that was. Ah. Anyway, that, that, that is exciting. I I feel like I base baseball and I are having a hard time with one another. I think it's been all basketball <laughs> for me lately. Uh, but because like every every summer there seems to be something between like labor I disputes. Love how you make it sound like you're in a relationship. It, it's a very complicated relationship. I've been hurt several times. Trust has been broken. Um, trying to do some some counseling, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I've been I've been cheating on it with uh, Bucks basketball this uh, <laughs> this winter. So. I, don't, I don't keep up. Are the Bucks Are the Bucks doing good? They are. They're doing great. They are in second place. They have some real potential to win the title if they can stay healthy. But their competition is going to be the Celtics out from Boston, who are I think are the Let's team go. to beat. So it'll be it'll be interesting. Mom. Um, all right, man. That was my icebreaker was like baseball and, and, uh, and, and just weather, life so. and just, <laughs> just life. Um, do, do you have like, what's, uh, besides, besides playground, let's do the, for, for a quick icebreaker. Like, uh, what else is your family looking forward to doing as it gets warmer out? Oh man. Um, zoo, like everybody, we drove mm. by the zoo today and they're like, wait, wait to go to the zoo. We're like, yeah, no, not yet. So zoo is a big one we have someone that gives us a pass every year so we've been blessed by that so we go to the zoo frequently and um we're just about to join the y oh into, i know formerly known as the ymca for those that may not have heard of the y in a while mm. um yeah so we're pretty excited about that they've got a lot to offer for families so but that's not waiting for warm weather it's just anytime so yeah, I'd say zoo, zoo and playgrounds, man. That's our that that is our summer life as a family. So bring it on. <laughs> and just being able to pop out the back door in the yard, right? You're just like, man, get the baseball out, throw it around, hanging out, grilling. Oh, mm. you're not much of a griller, but dude. Get, oh, I grill. Bring on the. But do you? But do I, you really? Well, okay. I've got a. I've got a charcoal grill that I try to use, but uh, it's not a gas grill. So that I got that working against me. It takes a while to 
see some people would argue you are the more uh pure griller so oh okay well then people swear by the charcoal grill man i do not but that's okay um all right man let's dive in let's dive in season three what are we talking about michael uh andrew we are gonna talk about not a not a charcoal grill not a gas grill uh we could talk about a gas stove because apparently that's been an issue uh Ooh. for our country lately Ooh. but uh we won't we won't sick uh get uh, too deep into that um but it does relate to the culture wars uh that have been ever present in our society uh the culture wars of america have created some harsh dividing lines amongst one another and the church unfortunately is not immune so today uh, we don't have to look too far to see churches who are fighting against one another over Kind of the hot button issues, right? So pick your favorite uh, acronym or least favorite acronym, right? And we could probably have a have a lot of uh, debate on it. Uh, we could talk about theological battles that are coming up uh, and how maybe culture has like seeped into those things. Um, we could be divided amongst who our favorite pastors are, right? And uh, are you team Andy Stanley, team John MacArthur, team none of them, team everything should burn down? I don't know. Uh, all that to say, uh, on the outside, uh, outside the walls of the church, things look like a, a pretty big battle of disunity and an eternal conflict, and it doesn't appear to model well what unity looks like, and this is discouraging people on the inside of the church. And so, Andrew, our topic is on uh, is on the culture war and the church and giving our, our, our two cents on it to help bring along, if there's any encouragement to kind of riding the, the waves here. Uh, what can we bring? Uh, I think of the great quote by Rodney King. Can't we all just get along? So maybe that's going to be the title of this episode. But uh, why don't we start here? Andrew. Um, why can't we be friends? That's a good one, too. That's yeah. what it should be. Yes. Oh, that you know what? That, the, that is. That is the one. I wonder how much the rights would cost to do that as the title. Or... Oh, yeah, probably more than yeah, our right. budget would allow, which is no well, That's the thing. People don't know this about, about, but to let you be on the curtains, we actually don't make any money on this podcast. We, we make so zero would, dollars. I, yes. I bet we wouldn't have to copyright it. Um, <laughs> it's not for commercial use. I, I had to do some support um, raising last week. None of it was for this podcast. Um, um, of, why don't we, we should do a Kickstarter? You know, we could. Time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get five dollars out of for that. what? Uh, coffee for for Stone Creek coffee. That's all it would be for. You know, most podcasts do a Patreon um, account, but um, that's know. true. That's a yeah. That's true. Uh, but yeah, but we digress. Um, Andrew, what is at the heart <laughs> of the church culture war? Um, you're you're working for a church right now. Uh, how's your church doing? <laughs> so they tell me. Um, yeah, my church is an anomaly, man. Um, our church is incredible. Um, yeah, we just don't have factions in our church. Uh, we don't have people, uh, disunity brewing, at least that we know about. Uh, Things are things are pretty good. Um, knock on wood, through the graciousness, goodness of the Lord. Um, what causes it though in a lot of churches? Um, man, I got a couple thoughts. The, the first one is um, the church. I mean, this feel. I mean, this feels like beating a horse, and it feels like I don't know. This is an age old criticism of the church often. And, uh any any time any modern time that they just are trying to look too much like culture right that we're just like mm. trying too hard um, and i know like that is itself as a whole like different podcast but like when you try to look like culture and emulate culture um you just like bring in the troubles of culture and so mm. like that's what's coming you know those are the things that are being discussed in your church because that's what your church looks like and it's the kind of um maybe the people that are looking for a more cultural type church than a more biblically based church um and so they're going to be going to a church like that so it's just kind of like bring out a lot of these issues and like you said acronyms and organizations that uh, which <laughs> we might end up naming a few uh just for example's sake but um yeah, I think that churches that try to look too much like culture and less like scripture. And to be clear, right? To be real clear. Right? Be real clear. Uh, churches should be 
to be, to be real clear, Mike, um, churches should aim and strive to be relevant to reaching people of the day, right? So Christ used parables that he probably wouldn't use today because mm-hmm. none of us are shepherds, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, none of us are losing coins around the house. Like, I mean, he Speak would for use yourself. So, <laughs> the coin jar has gone away like nobody has a coin jar anymore um they should um so yeah like we 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 without watering down or changing the message we adapt the message to the hearers right and so uh, or adapt the way we say it so like in one way we do want to speak to culture um, without becoming culture, right? Romans mm. verse 12, 2, do not be transformed. Don't be transformed into the ways of the world, conformed uh, by the renewing of your mind and the spirit. Uh, but we still speak to the world um, in a way that they're going to they're hear it. So, which even that, as I know, I know is a very subjective topic. So a monologue, you're supposed to cut me off. I turn your rule. Yeah, well, I, I was going to jump in and because I, I think I think that is good. And, and that is a good reminder that there are churches that, all things considered for the last few years are not, not every church is right now at one another's throats, right? I like, I've heard of different churches that are actually doing a great job of, of sticking together. Um, yeah. Would you say just you're, you're more in it than I am at this point. Um, I'm outside the the church game, but would you say that like, as far as the since COVID since those initial racial tensions, since the election, yeah, like I mean, what are what are the the, the pitfalls? I, I feel like that people are like um, are are seeing right now. What are some of the ways that they're that they're being worked through? Uh, does that make sense? It does, and I think so. One of the problems that I see, and problems that I have with a lot of churches, <coughs> responses to those things, um, like. I'm a I'm a personal believer in my personal philosophy. Currently, who know I might change my mind in ten years. I don't know. Um, the way I feel now is that like I want to protect the pulpit, right? So like mm. like where the word of God is preached from, like like literally, it's sometimes I'm in that physical spot on the stage, right, of the platform. Yeah, literally, if people have have a lectern or whatever, like that spot, week in and week out, is representative of the word of the Lord, and so. Um, uh, so <laughs> like to take that further, I'm in favor of like a permanent, like, I kind of like, uh, just using a music stand, right. I don't want something that's like permanent mm-hmm. foundational, mm-hmm. like an actual stand. And some churches don't do that. And I'm like, you know, just symbolic kind of the word of the Lord. Right. Mm. So, right. Our people want like, people in the congregation will want their leaders and pastors to speak to these current events. Like we want to hear just like any other any organization, like what's your comment on this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. And what, I, what I'm not saying is the church shouldn't comment on current issues and things mm-hmm. happening. What I am what I am saying is that like doing that in the context of a sermon um, or even from that spot, like within a service, um, was a real tricky thing to navigate. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say like, right or wrong, you shouldn't or shouldn't do that. But like, man, that is how it starts to creep in and starts to make the church about those things. Hmm. when you when our when our role right as pastors is to like maybe you can use that it's not that you can't even mention what's going on but like yeah using it to point people to the gospel right we're not we're not using it to say yeah this organization's right or wrong because of this right or police are right or wrong because of this we're saying man world's a messed up place and we need jesus so like mm-hmm. let's tie it let's tie it back to scripture and uh so you you keep felt like you wanted to jump in. You should jump no in. no. It was good. I was I was just tracking, listening along. Uh, you, you know, it, it's kind of like I, I I think depending on there there appears to me a a couple different ways you can look at the the church culture war. Um, one is like through the lens of social media, which just kind of makes everything. Right. Like, so for example, like I was on, I, I, I'm taking a break from Twitter, uh, PTW, but, uh, you know, recently I was looking on and join, join the team. I, yes. I, I really should, man. I don't know why it just, it, it keeps poisoning my soul. <laughs> um, but giving me baseball updates, but, um, you, you know, <laughs> they're the baseball updates are what's poisoning your soul. That, that I yeah. mean, honestly, that is, uh, that's not far from the truth, but so, so for example, right. There's, a, there's been a lot of 
topics around. We'll take John MacArthur. Uh, his name was recently in the news. Not so much John MacArthur, I should Ooh. say, but his. So his church. Yeah, I want to talk about and, that. What's up? We so want yeah, to talk, talk about that. Oh God, I got it. Well, I, I think what I think what was interesting about it, like I'm and I'm just gonna take the I'm not gonna give my my perspective on it just quite yet. Uh, although I do have thoughts, but um you do just see just the how in social media, how that really just brought up like all the variety of opinions about how this church should be handled. Um, you've got people going like right, taking this the view of like like, how dare you question John MacArthur and like think of all the wonderful things he's done? And then you get the other view that's like he is the Lord. Like, he is the Lord. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, there there were some people who were borderline using that. Yeah. Um, and you got people on the other side too. And and it's interesting to me, right? Because then I feel like those conversations, I can have some of those with people in the local church. And it's not as heated over social media, because I feel like social media amplifies it, but like on the local level. You mean you can actually have space for conversation. So, so it almost kind of like challenges the the notion of like, uh, is the church like how bad is the culture war? Like maybe it's bad from church to church, but I think there's an argument to be said that like as things have kind of calmed down locally, um, churches are not as hell bent on like splitting. But I don't know. Like I can't speak to every church, but those are just some things that I was um even even like wondering like okay how like how bad is this really like or yeah. or are we just or is it because of the way social media not even just the church but like all politics right gets caught up in this like everyone you know it's portrayed yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. i don't know man i think yeah that's good i think that's um and i knew what i'm talking about that macarthur thing but just yeah we probably should last yeah. to, <laughs> to speak to your last kind of point there um but I, I do think that the yeah, so little of these are original thoughts by me. It's just what I like read and I'm taking in about the state of the church and things like that. But it sure seems like um the the shifting of the sands in the church that have been caused since COVID are maybe starting to settle down. And so there's been this refining fire in a lot of ways mm. where like it has, it has the last three years been a lot about COVID culture wars, um, race wars, a lot of those things that are like, just like strangling churches because of being consumed with it or just being uh, forced to speak on it or whatever. There are people are leaving because they're not speaking on it, or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, and while, while, <laughs> Don't conflate, don't conflate this. Don't send me an email about this, people. What I'm not saying is I don't I want people to walk away from the Lord or that it's good for people to walk away from the Lord. Like, not at all. People walk towards Christ all the time, please. But for someone to walk away from a church that they are just not on the same terms with, they're just, this is not going to work for me. Like, I cannot worship these people. There's disunity. It's not always a bad thing, right? And don't conflate your relationship mm-hmm. with the Lord with your relationship with a local church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been like a refining of some churches that I kind of, so what I'm reading and hearing and think myself now is that local churches are going to start being towards this trend of, yeah, the unity will, is starting to be refined and mm-hmm. um, and uh, tightened. Uh, uh, and so I think it's just going to look, I think the next three years are hopefully going to look very different than the last three years uh, because of the last three years. So there's the synopsis. Mm. I, I like mm. your hopeful take. I like it. I, and I, and I feel like I'm more hopeful about where things are at versus yeah. A couple of years ago when it seemed like anything, it, 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 it there's just a number of topics that came up like, and you and I were, we, we've sat in on leadership meetings, right. Where we saw, Right. We saw some of the dialogue that uh, was on this and we're both we're both shaking our head. I still got some PTSD. Um, I, I think like the the heart of the culture war that I see is like is fear. Right. I think fear is a big part of uh, of where, you know, like so like the fear of the way that uh, uh, life uh, is the way of life for a group is being threatened. Yeah. Right. Uh, Correct. Um, or the fear that things are changing too fast that um groups are being ostracized and you know you know fear is a powerful motivator right and i think especially in and how it's gotten into the church right is when when we went from you know meeting together then all of a sudden for a lot for a lot of people right like if i'm if i'm doing like a quick history thing you know we went from um kind of normal life the pandemic happens 
we all like are, are being told that we need to we need to stay at home, stay isolated from one another. We need to like, close on everything, including churches. Church people didn't like that a whole lot. Church people, um, not not everyone, but some. Um, then you had the, the the racial tensions, and then you had the big one, the election, right, in which a lot of people felt like, um, I don't agree with this, but a lot of people felt like that was taken, um, right, from from them. So you have all these different things where, like, in the church, you see this, like, this almost, like, like fear upon fear upon fear. Oh, it's happening. Like, the, the American right. church is being is being thrown. And, and so I, I think as, you know, for three years past that now, and while I think I see less and less of this uh, in certain ways, I think there still is like an air of um, like there are people who are almost like, again, like we talked about this in our last episode, like there are tribes being developed kind of based on these lines of fear of of um, we have to protect something that maybe isn't. Oh, so and I say this for both sides. I don't mean to point out one side or the other, but like there is a sense of protecting something that uh, has kind of made fear push to want to control a little bit more and i think and maybe maybe we get into the john MacArthur thing a little bit because i don't know because i think i think that could even kind of um connect here a little bit because i i think in that situation i don't know we don't, i don't know all the details right and you don't know we're just kind of going off of like our opinions off of of what we see the but, articles right yeah but but even in that yeah. right there's almost yeah, but, like oh, go ahead i've talked a lot I was, well, I was just going to say it for people who have maybe yeah go for it, it. John MacArthur uh, Church, Grace Community Church in uh, San Francisco? No, San Diego. Yeah, I think it's LA. San Diego. I Somewhere in the state of California. Yeah, right. Close um, enough. Yeah, look that look that up while we're talking. While I'm talking. Uh, anyway, they uh, an article came out a couple weeks ago um, about. Uh, just some allegations against their like counseling program and the way they've counseled some uh, victims and women that have been abused by their husbands and some advice that they've given them. Um, yeah, I won't. Well, I don't know what we will or won't have into here, but yeah, there's just been a lot of pushback from these stories of these women who have been encouraged to stay with their husbands um, despite abuse, um, citing scripture. And then in one case, uh, husband to like a year later or a year two later was convicted of a lot of pretty bad things um but the year or two previous the church sided with the husband in essence uh according to these mm-hmm. articles and pressed the women to stay did you find that town uh yeah sun valley california sun valley yeah is that a, or is that a suburb of that is i don't have my mouse on me so it is Sorry. uh it's south of uh santa clara Okay. Um, so anyway so that's the article and that's so they've been in the news a lot and and yeah which is near and dear to my heart because we're my wife and i have recently been walking through some pretty tough situations with some friends uh women friends about abusive husbands not physically but just about in every other way and uh, that it's my heart and you're right like we read that story i'm the first person to say it's like man i just heard one side of that story like i don't know I don't know the elders' side, John MacArthur's side. Like I don't know what's going on. That being said, there are some things in the article that seem like objective facts, and either the journalist mm-hmm. or woman is lying, or or those are true. And I'm like, yep, that wasn't right or good. Um, even then, to play armchair, or whatever. Yep, whatever the an- analogy is. Relief pitcher, no bullpen, <laughs> bullpen pitcher. Yeah. Is, that a, is that a thing? Uh, <laughs> I would have thrown that pitch differently. <laughs> um they do, there is bullpen coaches uh anyways <laughs> bullpen coaching yeah to say that about another church is always really tough and at the same time at the same time right the whole like um rise and fall mars hill is like yeah the church reporting on us reporting on itself in certain ways and there's health to that of uh whistleblowing our own organization um as the bride of christ so yeah now what are your thoughts on it no i i think what you said was was good and i and i agree i think um i think there's a, there's another conversation that needs to be had about uh, i'm gonna get really specific here um i'm not calling on everyone but like male male church leadership so church leadership which is predominantly male um has to create a better system to listen to women um, within the Ooh. church 
And mm-hmm. I think that is a that is a that is a topic that I think a lot of guys do not want to want to get into. But I think we're seeing the fruit of of some of that. And I think in this case as well, like I my my thought in this is, and even as I'm looking at some of the comments and different things, is that yeah, the church does not do or has has failed at a lot of listening to the needs of women in some of these situations. And I, you know, and I and I'm the, and I think right, this is where I don't want to. This is where someone would like give me this um slope, slippery slope uh you know argument here and and I want to say like I I get that there's there's scripture to wrestle through and there's those things to discuss but practically right um I think I think when we see issues like this and we see how the fruit of it has been sour and and ugly it should I think call into question our process not our scripture but our process to go how have we been doing in in a lot of these things here? And I think that's where I look at, you know, Grace Community. And I know people might argue and go, oh, but you don't know, like Grace Community has done so much for the community of God. Like um, I was thinking about how um, this kind of came to my mind is because I think there's been other other celebrity pastors that are getting, and we've talked about our, our view on celebrity pastors, but um, I was just thinking about how, man, like there is... Um, you know, in the, in the Bible, right. There is, there's no, there's really no hero, right. Like even, even some of the, the forefathers of the <laughs> faith really just kind of fall short. Um, in fact, the only, in fact, I would argue scripture goes to great lengths to let us know. Yes, um, correct. Yeah, very simple people. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. Like, yeah. You know, so uh, don't pick your, don't pick your, uh, don't meet your heroes because uh, this is why, yeah. but the one that does stick out is, is Jesus, right. Who is the hero of, of the story in the end or God's work in that. And I think, so when I apply that to people here, right, I it, it seems like it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. And again, we can get in a lot into like the the details of it in another episode. But um, yeah, just that reminder of I I think again, there's something there seems to be something that's being protected there, right? Like the reputation of the church in this case is like what needs to be protected. When in some cases, it's like actually sometimes truth needs to just come out. Um, and so I'm kind of interested in what truth looks like in that situation yeah. but and, and again that's hard stuff too um i don't know how we i don't know if you have any other thoughts i don't know how we pivot back to our topic but although that is that, <laughs> yeah, that we, is like related though like that is something that <clears throat> i think even kind of brings out these strong well, opinions well, yeah I th- yeah i think it's directly related because a lot of what we're talking about here with this abuse is well first of all you kind of were dancing or you were saying this in a different way but like it's about believing women that a lot of this comes down yes. to like do yep. you believe them or not because if you believe what they're saying oh my goodness like there's some yep. serious stuff we need to work through this man yep. but a lot of times it comes down to well you blew it out of proportion well yep. maybe you weren't thinking clearly in the moment he didn't he didn't mean that or yell or say like that and we're like okay like so we're just not believing people right and when experts say in in these fields that like women are far more likely if there's going to be a lie involved it's going to be about not being abused when it particularly like specifically asked mm-hmm. have you been abused no mm-hmm. like that's where the lie is likely going to come yep. women that come forward especially like especially when we're talking about church culture like we're not talking about a woman coming forward but like to a media outlet to like tell her story which i'm not i'm not not saying those women are liars at all but when it's like in the privacy of my office and they're like right conf- confessions to me they're not <laughs> making this up to get yep. attention right in fact they don't want people to know so like we just don't believe them anyway that's the whole belief thing but it comes mm-hmm. where, where it really comes ties back to what we're talking about um it is the difference between what culture would say about like, like counseling right just like the idea of counseling and therapy and culture's way of doing that versus like a biblical way of doing that mm-hmm. uh, which are different and come out come out yep. of different mindsets um and so and really a lot of it comes down to how you interpret scripture right and and my experience is diving deep diving last year year and a half right <clears throat> ephesians five twenty two, uh what wives submit to your husbands like what is that like a lot <laughs> of it comes down to that word submit one word in scripture that is being extrapolated to offer um, whole reams of advice to women um, based on what, how far Paul meant that word to be. What does that word mean? Like, what does mm-hmm. submit no matter what? Like, right? I've heard people say there's no caveats to that, right? So he's like, and I'm like, yeah. But and culture would say, right? The second he says a mean thing to you, you have like you should leave and get out of there. And I'm like, what is the balance between all this? Yeah. We yeah. How do we right rightfully desire to follow scripture? without telling women like you know you might go through hard periods in your marriage 
Like when I say that sentence, I'm not saying I'm not advocating for any one person to stay in like an abusive situation. That's not what I mean. Right. I mean that I mean that we're not called to a life of comfort necessarily. Um, so there's that to I don't know. Whew, it is it is a whole thing, man. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm 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 absorbing your thoughts and uh you know I'm looking at my notes going oh yeah I didn't, I didn't prepare for any any of this part but it's you're, good you're you're like I choose to live I'm not gonna say anything about this topic yeah. I don't want to be canceled <laughs> yeah well uh, no it is it well this is I think part of the conflict is knowing how to what what is it to walk in in the tension of so many of these things right and i think and i think like i think that the the you know the the church to movement and the me too movement right to use both of those um i know people who who are who are just like you know these movements shouldn't exist right who are and and they're mostly i mean again there there are some women there too but like there seemed to be this opposition against those things because i thought this is more of a this is being used by the enemy to like wreck the the reputation of the church and the gospel. And I think, I think that's where we like, and again, I think this actually comes back to even meetings that you and I have been not related to this stuff, but like, I, I think there is a, there is a side of people, right. Where I, this is the fear part that comes into it. Like the fear is um, I do not want to engage in any of this, right. I'm not even going to go down there. I'm just going to like you throw a buzzword at me. I'm done. We're not going to have this topic. And I think real damage is being done because of that. Right. Like, I think, I think as a church, I feel like we're, we're behind on how to properly address these issues because I think we are afraid to have that, that real dialogue that needs to be had. Right. Um, and maybe this helps to like us to curve back into our, our second segment, um, not to, not to hijack uh, yours, but uh, your your hosting ability. No, it, 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 we already officially hijacked it the other way, so tell me. Yeah, all right. Uh, so I'll pull it back. But like, I, I think even discussing like how does God use <clears throat> uh, use conflict within the church, right? How does like, I, um, and and I think what kind of jumps off of that is when. Um, you know, a few years ago, I think in the Wisconsin area, there was a lot of churches that were, were having conflict between their lead pastors and associate pastors, right? And that led to like uh, pastors like being let go or being moved on and different things like that. So like, I think sometimes, I, I think, you know, when we think conflict, we think something immediately bad, right? We think, mm -hmm. we think, oh, our church is going to split over this, right? And so some people avoid the conflict, but I, I, I wonder, right, does scripture teach us something, Andrew, about about how God can use conflict and how God can use these things. And like how in this case of like, even like, even though talking about to take our, our, our example here, talking about like listening to women and believing them, like how, like that is a statement that we should wrestle through. Right. Does that make sense? I'm kind of throwing a lot of different things in there. I feel like at the same time, but. No, that's true. You are. <clears throat> um, but I know you well enough to wrangle it all down. Yes. Um, yes. This is why we compliment one another. There's no conflict between so, us. I don't think I've ever heard you compliment me, but we can talk about that like on a different episode. Oh no. Um, <laughs> um so this the difference between conflict and disunity, right? Like healthy conflict is not only is it good, like healthy conflict is vital for the health of an organization, of an individual. Um, because in the sinful uh, fallen world, it's, right, it's not about whether there's going to be conflict, it's about when. And mm -hmm. so walking through that um, uh, well and healthily with respect and dignity um, and, and unity, right? The conflict, I mean, the unity within conflict, like that is healthy, that is walking through conflict healthily. It is whenever you allow conflict to bring disunity which is a division and inability to work with somebody or to be with somebody or in church's case to worship with somebody, <clears throat> lead with somebody's disunity, right? I, I cannot be around you. Like I cannot, I do not respect you. I do not mm -hmm. like, want to hear what you have to say. Um, so there's a, there's a very large difference between those two things. So like when I think about conflict, man, Jesus had a conflict with his disciples all the time and like yeah. what did he do right but he addressed it head on he didn't beat around yeah. the bush he didn't dance around it they're like who's going to be the we want to be the greatest or sit at the right hand side of you and he's like guys no you don't know what you're talking about he didn't say like oh that's interesting yeah let's talk about that at another time or hmm, i'll think about that and then never get back to it he's like right in the moment he's like we're, we're dealing with this right we deal with conflict um <clears throat> i think of scripture um so there's two passages of scripture I come to 
one is Philippians two. Um, they're both oh. pretty pretty popular. Nailed it. Yeah, <clears throat> so yeah. straight from your mouth. <laughs> um, whatever. You just wanted the credit for it. You did not have Philippians two. <laughs> um, right. Any encouragement. From being unite from in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. I mean, that is unity. That is the definition of unity. Same love, one mind, same mind. And then he talks about like how to do that, right? Not a selfish ambition or vacancy, but humility, right? Looking to other people's interests, having the heart and attitude and mind of Christ. So like you talk about um, that kind of that first segment, uh, what is the heart? What is it the heart of church culture war? Man, it is pride. It is pride. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, like fear for sure, it is pride. And it is um, b- believing that I am right about this particular topic. And then conflating, certainly another thing is like conflating um scriptural values with things happening in culture so like right christian nationalism is a great example mm. like people genuinely believe that they need to support one party over the other because christ has told them to because scripture talks about that like they believe they're doing a righteous cause so um i don't I want to jump ahead to the segment three but it's about separating those two things um anyway but about the unity and the, sorry i'm i'm going for it man uh, just go for it man uh, i love it Throw out the no, notes. No, <laughs> no. I have another. You told me to look up scripture. I'm just doing what you said. Um, I do have another piece of scripture, but you, I do. I'll throw it back to you for a minute. Uh, no, you're, you're, you're totally good. Uh, I, I like where this Whatever. is going as far as. This is good radio. Was a compliment. Um, he complimented me. I, I don't understand. I'm going to listen back to all of our episodes. I, I got to I feel like I've complimented you, you at least somewhere. Um, you, that's right. You know, we, you know what? You know what we all need is a thorn in our side, a thorn in our flesh. God so gave it to Paul. He, he gives it to all of us. I welcome it. For in my <laughs> weakness, he is strong. Uh, you were saying, Mike. Oh, um, you you uh, you you took mine, but uh, so I'll, I will turn it to a compliment and say uh, you picked a good one because mm-hmm. I was also going to pick Philippians mm-hmm. too. Um, <laughs> because. So I, I think about when, you know, just a real life example here, when I was in conflict with, with uh, you know, a brother in Christ over an issue, right? And I remember um, we were we were scheduled to have a meeting with one another where in my mind it felt like I was about to just unload and everything. And I had to call a mentor to be like, hey, like, I'm about to go into this. Help me. You know, I, I think I'm going to say some things are going to be very, like, uh, very fueled, very emotional and he quoted They're back to make me, me feel real good. Yes. Like I, 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 I'm going to feel very like, I'm going to feel, uh, you know, like I got all my stuff out there, but you know, I don't know if I'll feel better yeah. about it. And he quoted me Philippians too. Um, and, and having, and, and I think challenging me to, to do a couple of things, one, to see, see this person despite their differences, despite what we believe about X or Y to be able to see this person, um, the same way that God does. Um, and also, um, he also pointed out there's a difference between being right and righteous and, and how those two things, right. Are not always like, you know, it's, and I think, I think in some of this, right. How, you know, when it comes to conflict within the church, I think, uh, without humility, right. You're going to focus on being, on being right or correct about an issue or winning an argument. But if we're talking about being righteous and that's where that humility piece seeks in, and that's where like the Lord can really do some good things out of, out of conflict, um, you know, like I think about, like, I think about marriage, like marriage is built, you're going to have conflict in marriage, um, but you can have healthy conflict. You can have, um, you know, you can, you can fight well and fight fair with one another. And I think there could be something growing about that. Um, and I think the same thing applies to a church for like how God can use, right? Like God can redeem. So, you know, churches that are going through hard things or, and like, no, we don't want church splits, right? But like, you know, I think of when when Paul and Barnabas split in their church, right? Like God is still working in that. Like I, don't, I think that's the last case scenario we want in in uh, a lot of things. But but even that, like when humility is introduced, right? Like God can use those things. Um, when you don't have humility, yeah, then you have you have what we're seeing in a lot in a lot of different places, right? Just a lot of wreckage, a lot of you know hard feelings, a lot of splits. Um, but it doesn't mean we should avoid conflict, right? There's a difference between 
being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. Peacekeepers want to pretend like Man, get it. it doesn't. So they want to pretend that something doesn't exist. Peacemakers say, "We know things are about to get messy, but let's work it through. Otherwise, this this boils." Yep. So, yep. And blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. Mm. That was good, Andrew. Jesus said, "Hey, man, I didn't say it. The Lord God said it." Um, but I see how you were confused. I see where the confusion lay there. Um, <clears throat> the other scripture I have had is First Corinthians ten, which is another the pretty famous. Uh, the title of the thing is called "Divisions of the Church." Appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you that all of you agree that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind. There it is, in the same mm. judgment. And then he talks about it's reported there's quarreling. Um, one of you says, I follow Paul, I follow Paulus, I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Mm-hmm. Is Christ divided, right? Very famous verse. So I think about like modern times, um, like, man, I follow John MacArthur, right? Man, I follow mm-hmm. Piper, and I follow I follow Platt. Right, I follow I mean, the Platt. Platt is the best, <laughs> like, right? I mean, we're we're gonna pick one of those guys. Let's be real, <laughs> but um, and it's about like where these guys sometimes fall on. I mean, we just like it's no different. Like they may not have brought you to Christ or been your mentor. Like I think it's indicated in some of these in this passage, but man, we we either our our guy or organization, and that is who we follow, right? Mm. And like you said, we have been a part of leadership meetings just conversation with people were like man if you don't believe that this political party is the right one like you're not saved like i literally have heard out of people's mouth like the other political party are like all possessed by demons like they are they are in it to destroy christians and the way of christ and babies <laughs> right and like like guys like, what do we do? And we don't follow those things. Like, we follow mm-hmm. Christ. Like, right. What do we do in here? Like, and maybe it's a segue into segment three, unless you had, uh, yeah, I can segue that unless you had more. Yeah, he's giving me the thumbs up. So, like, segment, like, how do we face one another during divided conflict? Like, how do we work through this? So, like, <laughs> it is about separating out those things that are scriptural versus those things that are not scriptural. And right. That is where like, mm-hmm. I went to a whole like breakout session at the Gospel Coalition conference about the like, Christian nationalism and this idea that like people who um associate Christianity with America and the way of life here, like it is not that like they fully, fully believe in what they're doing, that it is a biblically righteous cause, and that they are absolute true to scripture in the way that they are approaching the idea of Christian nationalism. Um and that America is the new Israel and, and just like all, oh, like we are God's blessed nation and the Republican party and all of it, right. The whole thing. And so it's this idea and right. And like, again, you have experienced people on different, different degrees of that belief that like bring that into church leadership meetings. When we're talking about like how to best, what's best for the bride of Christ and how to navigate, um, navigate things in culture, navigate things within our church. And when you come at it from that kind of a mindset, man, we're not following Christ now. We're following Christian nationalism. And I know mm-hmm. I'm using that as an example, but put, insert whatever you I mean, want to. You, in there, you can take it the opposite way too, right? Like you can go like, you know, very, yeah. very strong progressive Christians, right? Who like they're on the Dude. opposite end of the spectrum. And I think same thing, right? Like there is. Doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I totally agree. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter what, what you want to put in there. Like we follow Christ and his teaching. So then it is about unconflating this book. Um, I'm holding scripture. You cannot see it. People. Oh, there it is. Of oh, the audience. Yeah. oh, it's there. Wow. There it is. It's kind of a small it Bible. Is, it, is wow. about, it is about, this is a fantastic. Don't you ever say that again. Um, uh, it is about unconflating what this book says with what culture says. Mm-hmm. And even culture, especially especially culture that would use this book as a prop and claim this, right? And like, man, that is not – people, organizations do not get to commandeer the scripture, make it into what they want, and then we start following that, which is what I see some, so too often. So it's about knowing – it's about doing the stinking basics, Mike. Mm-hmm. Read scripture. Pray, pray to the Lord. These are These are 
the foundation of Sunday school for a reason. Like, because if you don't know scripture, you can't hope to like be united in Christ. <laughs> how, do you, how do you expect to have the same mind? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna the, do it. I'm gonna jump in because um, I've jump got a great, in. I got a great scripture. First John two, right? First um, John well, two. I don't Anyone who have that one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not in there. Oh, um, oh, I got it right here. Uh, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or a sister is still in darkness. Um, Get it? And and you know I, I I I man, and I, I'm challenged by this. Like I feel like this is this is a scripture for our day, in my opinion. Um, for like for I think for people within the church who are in this place of like I would rather just dislike greatly other brothers and sisters in Christ that I'm in conflict with. Um, I wrestle with the scripture because it's easy for me to, you know, go, well, I'm in the right. I like my viewpoint is, is, is in, in step with the Holy spirit. Right. And like, whether, whether it is, or whether it is not like, I think this, the hard part is I'm still in some form of darkness. If I hold within like my heart, this, this, like uh, this lack of forgiveness, this, this, this wanting for, for things to work out badly for the person I'm, I'm in conflict with. I think of Matthew 5, 22, right? Jesus talks about this, uh, Matthew 5. Um, if you have an offering, uh, if you have an offering on the altar, and then you remember you've got a conflict against a brother or a sister, um, leave your gift there and then go, go, go and get that right. Get that reconciled. That's a, that's a rough paraphrase, but, but even in that, like there is, scripture like that over and over that that jesus has given us that like that has been like directions for the church right because i think we talk about i don't think we talk about enough the conflict that existed in the church early on i think sometimes we go acts two everything was really great the mission of the gospel and then like oh actually things got really really hard hence why pauline has all these epistles um there uh paul has all these epistles not pauline um i don't know who that is yeah, yeah. um they're they're the pauline epistles they are the pauline epistles and and i think we, we, we keep that in mind as we, you know, I think the wave like today of handling, you know, one another is like being able to see them as God does, like being able to love them as a brother or a sister, being able to like, you know, practice Philippians two to ourselves of like thinking, you know, not of like yourself, but thinking of others. And those are hard things to do. Like you said, like they're, they're foundational, but they're hard things to practice, but they're so necessary. Um, and so needed if like, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'll say this, this last point, then love to hear your thoughts, but um, you know, anyone who is looking for a church without conflict or without some form of opposition, like you're never going to find it. Right. If like you're going to a church <laughs> and all of a sudden things start to get like, ah, I disagree with these things. Right. Um, you know, just know that that's going to be any church you ever go to, um, which is why, which is why on the program, we always say it's better to, keep working it out as best as you can. At some point you might get called to leave, right? That totally happens. But um, it is still part of, of God's people is to, to try to work these things out as best as they can. And every situation is different, but um, that that's scripture gives us those outlines for sure. Yeah. When you're, when you're the church, I mean, it is about, (laughs) it's not about, whether conflict comes again, it is about looking at how the leaders that should handle that conflict, mm-hmm. both internally and then the transparency um, mm-hmm. that they offer to the church about conflict. And we've just, I think you and I both have kind of seen the gamut on those, on the, those, both those things. Um, yep. Man, the thing I have written down <clears throat> is, um, man, see people as children of God first. Hmm. Like you are working with somebody who is a daughter or son of the king. Mm. How dare you treat them the way that some of you are treating them? The king is going to have something to say about that someday. (laughs) Like, I mean, so just to keep that in mind, treat people as you want to be treated. You are a son or daughter of the king as well. So like, that's if we just like did that and mastered that, it would bring dignity. It would bring respect. It would bring understanding. Like all these things would be wrapped wrapped up if we just saw people in light of who they are in Christ mm-hmm. um, that we're working with when we're talking, when we're talking about inner church conflict, right? Um, even if you're dealing with a lost person, this is a potential, this is a potential mm-hmm. son or daughter of the King. And some of that could depend on, on yeah. how you treat them. Totally. Um, yeah. But or, the, or even uh, I'd add how yeah. you interact with one another, like, yeah, whether it's, 
uh, online, if it's in person, you know, yeah, I think, I think these are concepts to apply to a lot of different areas. Sorry, not, not to cut you off. Please continue. It's good. Well, you did mean to cut me off, but it was a good word worthy <laughs> of cutting off. So like, I just, I can't get past this idea of um, knowing what scripture says and, and choosing to fight those battles, right? Like instead of fighting the battles of an, of an outside organization or, or person who like, that is not Christ or not scripture. Um, so like learning personally, people learning to let things go that aren't explicitly in the Bible, right? And again, I'm not saying that people shouldn't have a passion or care about an organization or a person or X, Y, or Z that like isn't, you know, um, the Republican Party is not mentioned in scripture, nor is the Democratic Party, right? Like, or the mm-hmm. Whig Party or whatever. I'm not saying you can't like, 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 um, com- what is it? What I'm saying? Yeah, commit some of your energy and endeavors towards something like that, but do not conflate it as being a scripture and as being the way of Christ. Christ came to establish the church and work through her to be a light and to redeem the world by the Holy Spirit, not any political party, not any other person except for Jesus Christ. So like quit trying to do that, Mm. quit conflating those two things. And then, because when you do, that becomes your, that becomes your identity. And Mm. that's going to come up in Mm -hmm. the and of course, it's going to come up in any meeting you're a part of, and it's going to be a drive. And when someone um, resists you or feels differently, they're attacking your identity. And of course, they're wrong because you are right. Like, man, it all comes back to whew, identity, knowing scripture, knowing Christ. Okay, hard stop. I'm not yeah. I'm not passionate about it or anything. <laughs> that I was good. Late at night thinking about this time. Yeah, like lying awake. Oh, uh, yeah, you you seem pretty pretty casual on this. No, good word, Andrew, I think. Because you and I have experienced, you see, erode a church. Yeah. Erode the foundation of trust within a group, of trust within a church, and therefore it is one of the single biggest distractors and tools of Satan to not for the church not to accomplish her mission. Mm-hmm. We are no longer focused on the gospel. We we're no longer focused on outreach and the spread of the gospel. We're no longer focused on becoming disciples of Christ and what that means, because we are fighting about things that aren't even aren't even in Scripture. Like, like we are allowing these to erode our relationships. If we're going to have disunity, let it be about you know a theological foundational issue. Like, let it be about um, you know transubstantiation versus like let it be about the yeah. blood of Christ. Like, if people disagree, not about all these outside cultural things that would just bring into the meat of the church. I've got, I got one last word um, that maybe kind of, kind of right lands in. as well, but um, um, I feel I like having... when you said that I was, when you said that I was hoping it would be like a word that like summarized everything, but I feel like it's going to be multiple <laughs> words. It's going to be, like, I have yeah. a word and it's this, you, you know, me, I'm not one to, to use, uh, be concise. Unfortunately, that's one of my many. Why flaws. use two words when you could use fifteen? Yeah, right. In my case, more like forty. <laughs> um, but I was having a conversation really? with uh, with a friend about the topic of of like what ac- unity actually is, and it was trying to draw that distinction of like unity is not if this person just agrees with me, they could be unified, <laughs> which I think is often how people think about in practice. Practice said. <laughs> Unity. If I can just convince everybody of my beliefs, everybody with the world it, would be if they just see it, if like, they just see it my way, if they just, they just read the stuff that I'm reading. Um, no, I think I think true unity uh, is uh, it's it's two people um, seeing it the way the best they can through the lens of Jesus, and I think that's 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 what it is, right? And I think anything else is is a poor substitute of of what unity is supposed to be and so yeah i think and again we're talking about things that we we know to be true the difficulty is practicing but i like what you're saying andrew and i think that's a good it's a good if you need a next a practical next step it really is read your bible you know dig into it try to you know try to fight off the confirmation bias that you're looking for and being able to like there are books about this right like uh, there's a book called, uh, you know, seeing scripture through Western eyes. Right. Uh, I think, I think that's a, could be a good resource for some, um, it, it kind of the, the talks about again, how we in the West, often how we 
take scripture, kind of like look at through our lens, our biases, right? And that's everyone. But like, again, it's things like that where where we really, it really just makes it that more important to go before the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, give me discernment, give me eyes, give me wisdom, give me love. Because um, I think in a world where truth seems really hard to acquire, uh, we already know as Christians, we already have it. We just have to, we have got the source of it. We just have to just go and read it just to be in it and to just be in it with others. Uh, others who are different than us, I think, if we were to go an extra mile. But, Oof. yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts um, for us? Well, I have, an, uh, I have two thoughts. The first one is, it is, this is not a new topic. I mean, this is how Jews in Jesus' time read the Old Testament through the lens of hoping that a Savior would come to release them from their oppressors of the Romans. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was all in the context of your day. So like the idea of applying scripture to your cultural norm is not new and it will never end until Christ comes and sets us all straight. Um, I do think, um, oh man, I have two other thoughts now. I had, I had three thoughts then. So then the next thought is, um, I really just want to reiterate, like I'm not trying to indicate that you shouldn't, Take a belief from scripture. Have it be like a large part of your life, even, even a large part of your life. And pursue that, but not allow that to be a disunifier and distractor from the mission of the church. Mm. Right. Um, so like I'm man, you can get people cancel me if they want to, whatever. Like abortion is a great example, right? The sanctity of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I I'm a strong believer that like. Yeah, we are not called to end life in the womb because I believe that that's life, right? And so if that's a large part of your personal mission statement and like something you pursue, man, more power to you. Like that is scriptural, I believe, right? Um, Now, if you go to a church and you don't think they do enough for like abortion clinics and and whatever, like aren't, aren't, whatever, I shouldn't even say examples. They're just not being anti-abortion enough for you. Mm -hmm. Like, so just like go tearing apart leadership in your church because they're like saying how unscriptural they are because they're not doing it your way and X, Y, or Z, right? Or, or if you're on leadership and you're bringing that into being say, we're not, can't believe we're focusing on this and not this. Like, I like man, that is uh, ooh, bold statement. Bold statement time. That's what we do here. We drop bold statements, right? Drop it. While, yeah. while the sanctity of life is within the gospel message, like specifically anti-abortion is not the gospel message like right mm-hmm. be like say say lies in the womb man do that that is scriptural don't make the entire mission of the church about that right those are the kinds of things and like and you can go as big as that or you can go as small as you know um you know communion and baptism and all these things and like mm-hmm. when we allow these things so i i'll edit this part out if I'm gonna I, this this word picture or analogy just came to me, and if I'm gonna, I dwell on it later before we release this episode, I don't like it. I'll, I'll cut this out, but um, it's like a tether ball in my mind. So like, hmm. right, tether ball is like tied at the top, but like it's like we're all a tether ball, and there's like ten of us, right? Let's say they're one of those leadership team together, and we're all tied to the top, and the top is Christ. Like we're tied to Christ. Mm-hmm. Like no matter how much we get batted around or move around because of this issue or that issue or bump into each other and it's like hard and tough like we are united by christ we're not going anywhere for each other because that is what you that is what literally strings and ties us together and really the so the pull is christ so the closer we are to him like the less we're the less we're being combated the less we're bumping into each other and moving around and we do it doesn't hurt as bad because we are closer to christ and better because of it and how we handle our conflict Ooh. I'm li- the more I'm saying it, I'm liking it more and more. I, I think I'm liking it as like the name of this episode, to be honest, is Tether Bald. <laughs> Tether Bald to Christ. Tether, uh, tether Bald. <laughs> is that like the sequel to Dodgeball? <laughs> oh, no. With Ben Stiller. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. He was in Dodgeball. Yeah, he was. Vince yeah. And... yeah, Vince Vaughn was in it, too. Ben Stiller was the bad guy. Oh, he... Yeah, oh yeah, he was in the Vipers, wasn't he? That's right. Yes. Yeah. It was a weird movie. Uh yes. Yes. No, those are my those are my closing thoughts. I like it. We I gotta it. I, we solve church conflict. We 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 did it all. I mean, we really did um 
you know, I think I think <laughs> for our listeners, there is probably way more we could have talked about. There are probably way other issues we could have. Like we we tried right. I, we right, covered like, way less we should have talked about. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, like I think though, it's all connected though. Like all these yeah. things are not. Um, it, my observation of of our culture is that um, it, it, one thing connects to another, connects to another, right? So, like when you hate one thing, you're hating all of it, and like when you love one thing, you're loving, right? I, and I think I think that's just that is what makes us all complicated. Is that these issues today are multifaceted and tiring, right? And uh, yeah, I think yeah. I think uh, to anyone, you know, hopefully listeners, you know, you are if you are encouraged, great. If you have questions, great. You have like other things, you, you know, question, you know, conflict. I don't know. If you got conflict, take it somewhere else. We don't care. Um, if, we don't. If you want to cancel me on Twitter, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not concerned about it. Um, should, man. Okay. Oh, go ahead. We should probably get to the thank yous. Uh, you know. That's what I was going to do. Look at that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we are of the same mind, Michael. Um, Miss working with you, thank man. Thank you. Mm. Man, I can't remember who went first last time, um, but I'll go first this time. Unless you, you have, a, like, are you ready? You, no, you go you first. Teed up? No, I want, I want you. <laughs> no, you do not. No. no. Um, sure, I am um, thankful for, man, I don't have one teed up either. Um, I, I can go. I can. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you go. I don't know if you want to edit that part out, but um, I can go <laughs> first. Let's see what I can go first, happens. Andrew. Uh <laughs> Um, you know, this was um, this wasn't my my thank you at first, but it, um, you know, for those who are local to Wisconsin, who are local to the the uh, Christian camp scene, kind of a big loss uh, that will be experienced Oof. at some point is that Oof. of Camp Timberly. And uh, for anyone who's ever been impacted by that camp, um, you know, I I know a ton of like guys who have invested some you know a lot of their lives to the ministry of Camp Timberly a lot of churches that are impacted it's kind of a sad thing and so i just want to so take that though and say thank you to all of those who um, who've helped to make that camp uh possible and like i think it's been fruitful and it stinks when and hopefully not maybe something will come up where camp timberly to give a little more context it, it's being closed down just because unfortunately just finances. as far as finances and, and post-covid type yeah. things camps are just not being as attended but it's a camp that's got, I think, has a lot of fruit to, to be proud of. And so I'm thankful for for those who have put a lot into that. Um, so I don't know if any of those guys listen to our podcast, but yeah, if, if they do, we're <laughs> thankful for it. Thanks for, you know, the ways yeah. that you've taken care of students for, for many years. Yeah, man. 100%. Um, that inspired my thank you. So I, I'm i going to say, so I, um, I try to do like a quarterly retreat day for myself, like a personal retreat day leave yeah i'm gone for like 12 hours and uh go to a quiet secluded place or a cabin or when it's a be still ministries and we've have a mm -hmm. deep fondness for pastoral retreat center but just discovered one that i'm going to in a couple weeks in uh delafield um just like a guy in his backyard he's got this prayer cottage for pastors and it's pretty commonly used do you know this uh i did i tell you about this you're, you're shaking no I, someone I, I, from my church did Oh yeah, I've been to it before. Yeah, like super nice yeah. couple. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, it's it's a great Dwayne. cottage. You're gonna love it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and yes. I think it's connect connected with Broom Tree Ministries, which yes. is a kind of pastoral retreat center. So yeah, so I'm going up there a week from today. Wow, yeah, a week from today I'll be there. Uh, so I'm just very thankful for, and I could see myself doing that in retirement someday, like having a place for pastors, like a respite, because it is, you can't know what a gift that is for free, like to have something free mm -hmm. that should cost like one, 200 bucks, um, but that I don't have that money. So uh, to get away from it all, I do some sermon prep there, some praying, take my guitar, take a nap. Like it's just a, it is a rejuvenating day. So thank you to those of you, uh, to people who offer those kinds of services for, and I think they do pastors, their spouses, like ministry leaders, like it don't have to be full-time necessarily so any a respite for anybody in the ministry boom that's wild that you know about it never told me about it that's an interesting point so i thought um, i did tell you about then, it i, I uh, swore i i did but maybe uh, i don't know <laughs> keep it for yourself the more people to use it the less likely that you can so I understand. my secret yeah yeah um man thank you all for listening to episode two um 
season three. Is this our 32nd episode? 32nd. This is our 32nd we've episode. Had, we've had a bonus episode or two that we don't count, but um, yeah, man, season two episode, season three episode two. Uh, we'll keep pumping them out here this spring and get, get it going. Have some people on. I got some interviews lined up with some people. That'll be good to talk about some topics. A couple new people, a couple old, old trustees, old faithfuls. We hope uh, some um, people are having babies. So, yeah. Um, priorities. Uh, bring bring the baby on. It's great. Oh, there you go. We care. Um, if you have any questions or thoughts about anything we said, certainly on this um, very non-controversial episode, uh, you can find contact info for us in the show notes as per usual. And we have we've gotten an email or two. Uh, or con- about just like ideas for for uh, topics and even some current events um, that we should talk about. So it's been great. I've appreciated hearing. Um, and, but until next time, um, go redeem the church. We never really developed a tagline. Did we, like it was kind of wordy. Uh, yeah, we we never did. <laughs> it's actually, yeah, that's good. That's good. Anyway, uh, until next time, I am Andrew. And I'm Mike, and this was episode 32 of the Redeeming Church Podcast. Podcast.